Hello and welcome back to the Comic Lyra podcast, the podcast that does deep dives into the best, worst and middest of comic books, graphic novels and sometimes mangas. I'm your host, the soon-to-be-known-as-comic-stand, and with me as always is my reigning co-host, it's Jamie. You sound like every primary school teacher I hated in school. I figured you might have a response like that, and the reason that I'm starting off this way is because I'm probably going to get very loud and belligerent as this episode goes on. Is this your baseline? I thought we'd start at a very soft, low level, because by the end, I might be shouting and screaming at how awful... I'm going to be honest this week. You get really angry when I come in low energy and you've just done it. But I've done it for a bit. And that's, <laughs> that's a difference. <laughs> like the, I just felt the energy in the room. The cat stopped doing what she was doing. <laughs> yeah, the whole room deflated. It, it, it drew the attention okay. in. People are like, why are they speaking so quiet? Plus so, the music will be loud first. So then it'll, then it'll go into me like yes. soft. But what I might do is I might actually bring the music down first because normally they fade into each other so you're gonna i'm gonna bring it down to science first and then i'm gonna come in like hello and welcome to this is know. fan fascinating listening ryan yeah oh yeah people what love are we talking about scenes. today well we're talking about a pretty awful comic and that's rich coming for me because normally i'm the defender of you comics. are yes i i started this i tell you, my stages through this one were very much a Oh, this is awful. And then by the end, I was like, this is awful. Like, I enjoyed how bad it was. By yes. The end. That's no, where it's train crash viewing, isn't it? It became a bit like the room of comic books for me by the yes. end. Um, I, clarify, you've seen it all. We're doing Spider-Man Reign, which I think is going to potentially, and find out to confirm this, might knock uh, one more day off the, the, the peak. It might stop the reign of one more day as the worst <laughs> Spider-Man comic. I think it will. So how are you, Ryan? I, having just recently finished this comic, I'm not in a <laughs> not in a great mood. No. But actually, no. I tell a lie. I'm excited to tear it apart. That's the the mood I'm in right now. How I about had, yourself? I had one of my colleagues from my day job sat with me while I was finishing this comic after we finished work, and she saw the look on my face. <laughs> she knew I wasn't having a good time. So I have an update. You have two pieces of information. Yes. Um. So. Somebody wrote in after last week's episode. Mm-hmm. Turns out they work for the government. Wow. And we are we are knowing big people in big places. Absolutely. Yeah, we're really reaching every corner <laughs> of society. And they explained to me that all government buildings now have unisex toilets. Good to hear. And Good to hear. That he says, um, complete with hand wash stations in the cubicle. And so, yeah, everyone just cracks on. Now, I should have known this, Ryan, because I work for the local council <laughs> and they have unisex bathrooms. <laughs> you just never click on. It's like, why am I the only guy in here? I don't go into the office very often, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, that's the way nowadays, isn't it? <laughs> the Fair second enough. update, a thing has started happening to me in a shop that I frequent. <laughs> Fre- oh, you frequent the shop? I frequent it. Right. I collect Pokemon cards and this shop sells Pokemon cards. God, what a nerd. I know, right? <laughs> so sometimes with my grocery order, I will buy a pack of Pokemon cards. What has started happening is one of the blokes behind the counter has just taken to giving me Pokemon cards. Doesn't expect me to pay for them. I don't know I, why he does it. I feel like you've really outed him when the manager could be like, that's where the Pokemon cards are going. Because obviously the manager listens to the show. Well, that's what I mean. As we've established, yeah. people from every echelon of society listen to the Comic Literate podcast. But I went to this shop to buy some milk and eggs because I made you some... It's pancake day. I made you some you, pancakes. You made me a delicious pancake after I'd come back from just having pancakes. So I'm on a yeah. double pancake high right now. Absolutely. But I decided it's pancake day. I'm going to have some pancakes for dessert. Mm. 
And so I have just a, just a quick one. Do Americans have Pancake Day? No, it's Shrove they, Tuesday. They might think we sound ridiculous, but like Pancake Day. So in England, mm. we only have pancakes once a year. My my American. If you boys. have it outside of Pancake Day, you are not executed, but like it's pretty vicious. You're exiled to Australia. That's yes, what happens. They exactly. put you on a boat and send you to Australia. Um, so we have them once a year. It's Shrove Tuesday, and it is the day before the first day of Lent. So the idea is you're meant to get rid of all your eggs and milk so that you can't bake anything during Lent. That's and the idea. if you're doing savoury pancakes, you can chuck everything else in there as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I made some pancakes. We had pancakes. They were nice. But what I have here in front of me, Ryan, is free Pokemon cards. So I thought it He's would be lying. fun. He's lying. It's an empty crisp packet. <laughs> I thought it would be fun for me to catch my live reaction to my little gambling addiction that I have. I mean, it's a more wholesome gambling addiction, so... I don't think so, you've ever seen me do this, have you? No, no. So, uh, okay, um, let's go. Okay, let's go. <laughs> right, I just showed Ryan <laughs> yeah. that meme. He likes it. So, I don't know if you can still hear me, but we've got a Spinder, a Nimble, an Alekid, a Vanillish, an Absol, a Mascarin, an Ancient Booster Energy Capsule, I don't know what that's for, a Snorrent, a Minum, and a Latios regular hollow. So we have nothing interesting. 100%. If I hadn't seen the cards, if I just heard the audio, I would assume you'd made all them up. Really? Yeah, because I'm a original 151 kid. Yeah, I think the most recent thing here is Gen, Gen 2, mm. Lekid. We We talked about it on the second ever episode of the podcast. Yeah, I recognize that one, actually. Yeah. We talked about in the second ever episode when we did the Pokemon Adventures, but they just, they, it, there's too many. There's too many. They've shot, <laughs> they shot themselves in the foot because now every Pokemon is worth less, not worthless, worth less than it used to be. By there being so many more than originally was. However, I'm making a living Pokedex from Pokemon cards. I've not, we've never talked about this on the podcast. But by a, a living Pokedex, you mean just you who knows all the information? Well, so no, a living Pokedex is something that you do in Pokemon games where instead of just completing the Pokedex, you have one of each. Right. So instead of just getting a Bulbasaur and evolving it to Venusaur, and that's one through three done, you get a Bulbasaur, evolve it to Venusaur, breed a new Bulbasaur, evolve that into a Venusaur, and then breed a third Bulbasaur. So you have a Bulbasaur, an Ivysaur, and a Venusaur all in your box. That's a living Pokedex. I'm doing that with Pokemon cards because I'm fucking insane. Um, and the Latios, I think, is something I did need for my living decks, so I am quite excited go to that there giant binder and take out the little piece of paper with Latios written on it and put the card in. I now know how you feel when I'm explaining superhero shenanigans. <laughs> I've been on the other side and it's not, yeah, gr- not great. Dude, not great. I'm the nerdiest nerd. Yeah. I mean, it's why we do this. So. I feel like I had to get my nerd creds in there though, because I, I don't often have- Like you have... didn't already, like we don't already have them. We do a comic book podcast. It's not like but we're like I don't high know school a... jocks. Like, <laughs> actually, I collect Pokemon cards as well. Like. <laughs> I don't know about the comic books though, do I? Not no, really. But, but the fact that you know you know more than the average person. I definitely know enough. more than the layman right now you at know, this point. You know more publishers than Marvel and DC. I do. I also know that Spider-Man's spunk is radioactive and that is a sad lesson i've learned and unfortunately that is a segue uh we will get to that later god yep we're gonna do it gonna do it Um, this one's so bad ryan but towards the end it's so bad it's good i I posited the room of comic books because they really like they really tried to make a good one here didn't they you can feel the intention of like higher the you know like high end uh 
It was almost trying to make it like high art, wasn't it? It was trying to make it like deep. And, and they just missed the mark so hard. There's some really cool ideas in there. There are. And I have highlighted the few bits I liked. Because every one of those notes starts with, actually, <laughs> I like this bit. Yes, no, there were some really cool ideas. But as is now traditional... We're starting with the arting. As is traditional, you say we're starting the arting, but I have the inform- I've got the information oh, about the comic. As is sake. as is traditional, because it happens every time. Because uh, you called it starting with the arting, and we don't starting with the arting ever. No, when do we actually start talking about it? This is just the preamble. This is just Spider-Man Rain, four-issue comic book limited series featuring Spider-Man, would you believe? Written and illustrated by a I don't know how to pronounce this. So the the first name is it's a first name and it's K-A. A R E. Is that care or car? Care? Yes, I, I, we don't know. We are we are ignorant. It's our fault. And I I feel really bad, especially for mispronouncing their name after what I'm going to say about their work. It's really piss poor. Yeah. Sorry, the cat just jumped from a door onto my shoulders and dug her claws in. Park really parkour across yeah. your back. She she just parkoured across my back. So this care Edwards wrote and illustrated this comic so i feel doubly bad for him about saying i don't know that he well. did either i mean it's and it was an attempt like i said so set 30 years in spider-man's future i'm not going to bother you explain the blur because i think that'd be cruel and unusual punishment at this stage yes um 30 years into the future and earth 70237 it features a retired spider-man who returns to combat the injustices of a vastly different new york city Basically, it's Spider-Man The Dark Knight Rises, but for anyone who knows, is a hardcore attempt at that. I suppose it kind of is, isn't it? Have you read Dark Knight Rises? No, but I know what you mean. So that, for anyone who doesn't know, that is a really good Batman comic where it's set into the yeah. future and he's retired but he comes out yeah. of retirement and he's you know he's struggling to find his place in the current world now and all that that was good that was a great one by frank as miller was old man logan exactly that as well but this this is so close to dark knight rises yes. like it's it looks like a parody almost yes so saying all that and jesus i've got publication history as well like it was literally it was in the promotion for the comic that they likened it to dark knight sorry dark knight returns not dark knight rises they likened it to dark knight returns in the promotion for it's like don't talk about a superior version of the comic you're about to release yeah in the same conversation it's so yeah it's it's uh oh and apparently as well marvel announced a sequel to rain was set to release in 2024 so we're gonna do this again Oh no, we're not doing it. I'm but the sorry, sequel could be better, not... Ryan. But it's modern, and then we can include it in the end of the, the end of year. No, Ryan, <laughs> the end we of need... year wrapper. You can't just make me talk about garbage. I mean, it's it's hot garbage, you and that's what makes it exciting. You don't even pay me. <laughs> <laughs> you're getting exposure. That's what you get. You're oh, getting no, exposure. No, I'm not working for exposure anymore. What am I being exposed to? Garbage. We'll, we'll do some really good ones in and around it. Okay. <laughs> to give you your fill, we'll make it a shit sandwich. A shit sandwich, okay. But with great bread, um, whatever that is. So, and also the reception apparently was mostly positive by critics. Who are these critics? Who, what did you read? Because it wasn't what, what I read. Were they high? I, they must have been. There's like, it mentioned some who were like, actually pointing out the force. I'm like, how are they the only one? Like, where is this mostly positive coming from? I, yeah. I do not understand. Do you so, think Marvel just like... La 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 la, it's wonderful. La 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 la. The critics, apparently, <laughs> the people who are who maybe make a living out of saying what's good or what's bad, rated this positively. Mm. And I'm like, why? Why did you do that? 
Yeah. So, yeah, I've got some great stuff. I've got a great bit to mention afterwards. Um, but let, let's starting with the arting, as you say. I, I, you want to take lead on the, on the art? Yes. I feel like this is more your domain. It's crude. Not only is it crude, it just looks off the entire way. So like, it's, it's aesthetically deeply unpleasing. Yes. Which, which, I, which I can get behind. Mm. Not everything has to be aesthetically beautiful for me to see the value in it. Like there is, there is, there is a magnificence in the grotesque. Yes, but this is not only grotesque; it's poor. Yes, it's... in every every facet of it. So this this is like you've picked up a diamond, but the diamond's actually made out of excrement. <laughs> yes, and it's very well faceted, but every single one of those gleaming facets is still excrement. Like the faces are bad, the posing is bad. The sense, the sense of anatomy on old man Parker is bad. Yeah. Big head, tiny body. The cityscapes are bad. The cityscapes, so that's a particular one for me. All through, so when they're indoors, it's one style of drawing, mm. which I would also criticize in itself as well. Yeah. But whenever they go outside, anytime it's outside, it's like a 3D 2000s, and this came out in 2007, so fair enough, but like a 2000s, cgi poor cgi buildings and streets and sky it's they've got this other style for everything that's outside so when you've got characters who are outside it's two different styles that have nothing to do with each other they're not they don't look connected in any way it looks like you've taken a cut out of the character and glued it onto a completely different comic book Mm. it just looks awful yeah so yeah, what you're articulating is that they're these very flat drawings of these characters existing in a 3D space. But what's worse than that is that there's no real sense of perspective in that 3D space. So you're looking at you're looking at an attempt to make a three-dimensional space, but it's really flat because they haven't set the perspective in that three-dimensional space. Yeah. And if if you draw, you'll know what I mean. I mean like this panel here is just so like there's just It looks like everything's right up there. Exactly, yeah. Like right up to the fray, up right up to the. the I mean, this is the... an even better example, isn't it? So it almost looks as right, right. What right? What Ryan's saying is so right. The buildings look as though they've been rendered by a computer, but then the illustrations look very illustrated. But the same computer that made the Scorpion King <laughs> back, back in Mummy Returns. Yeah, you know, it's like a, it's like it's it, it, this looks like it was rendered on a calculator from the eighties. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's just so poor, and then. There's often, and this is something that I can forgive sometimes in comics, but there's often not even an attempt at background. No, so but that so when it's indoors, it's the same art style. Yeah. So why why did he why did they pick a different art style for the outdoors, and yeah. why is it so different? And it's also it's like blurred and like not sharp, if that makes sense. And then there's illustrations like this. So this yeah. is one that I sent to Ryan and it's I literally took a picture of it before you sent it to me. I was so going to bring it as well. Everybody is like a sallow sepia taint toned so grey color. So I noticed this, it's like that in that first scene and then it's not like that much after. So after this scene, mm-hmm. everyone becomes more human colored. Yes. But they're all in this first scene in this flower shop that Peter Parker works at for some reason. It, everyone's grey. Everyone but looks like they're, they're not, e- they're not even grey. They're like a sepia tone, like beige. Do you know what? Do you, do you know when they in Europe 
again, Americans, this won't make a lot of sense to you. Just Google it. In Europe, particularly in Britain, I don't know, I don't even know this, I don't even think this has happened in a lot of Europe yet. They decided that cigarettes had to be in plain packaging, right? Hmm. And they did a lot of research to find the most unattractive colour to make cigarette packaging. And they are, it's a deeply unattractive colour. And it's almost as though they've done that here. They've done research to find not even an an enjoyable, like, blue, cool-toned grey. They've just gone for the worst, shittiest, bleakest colour. Beigest colour. And then just plastered the first five pages with it. And so, you, I mean, people bought this yeah it it did well apparently people paid money and they opened the first page when they got it out of the little bag from the comic book store and they opened it and it was that they're probably like they do this these days i don't know if they did it back then they normally do non-spoiler previews which Mm. are literally it's the art but with the dialogue blanked out like they do that nowadays Mm. if they did that back then you'd be looking at that like what like the first scene like what is this? It's just so abysmal, Ryan. I, it's baffling in the choices. Yeah. I, and and this is the thing. Like, we've talked about stuff in the past where an attempt has been made and it's a big swing and a miss. But it's almost as though they weren't even trying. It's I see, I, I'm on the opposite side. I feel like it was an attempt to try and do something unique. But My, what were they trying to achieve? Like a unique look. Like, I think they were trying to make it look different and stand out from other comics. But I think that was in harm to the comic by choosing a baffling looking style or like juxtaposition of styles. Like it clashes all the cartoon, the actual like proper drawn look. It looks so out of place. Because you are so right when you talk about it. So this is one page. Yeah. Indoors in the flower shop. The very next scene, he's pink again. Yes. And that's what I mean. As soon as they get out of the flower shop. They that that color is then the constant throughout the comic. Yeah, but for some reason the first scene is just really really beige. Yeah, I but it, and it is the first actually. And he goes, he I think he changed that color again in a later scene. It changes the 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 actual color of one character just changes throughout the comic as well. And then I mean, you know, we talk about faces a lot. Yeah. Because, you know, this is this is a medium that's human. These are the worst faces I've ever seen. I think they might... John Romita Jr., I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. John Romita Jr., I am sorry. Because this dude has reached the dizzying heights, I think, of potentially the worst comic book art I've ever seen. I, I, I don't know how else to describe it. I mean, you know, we talk about posing with spider-man a lot because there is a lot like you need to be able to pose spider-man really well but look how poor that posing is yeah it just looks like a mangled mess of limbs almost so yeah exactly he's contorted into and this is the thing spider-man is known for great proportions even yes. if they're unrealistic they look spectacular they look like um todd mcfarlane specifically pioneered that when he took over i think it was from john Romita Senior. Mm. Yeah, it just looks... Yeah, his ribs sticking out everything. Interestingly, I did hear this tidbit recently. Todd McFarlane, so his first cover art was one of the highest selling ones. Yeah. And what happened was he took over the drawing, but John Romita Sr. at the time was basically... I don't know if it was official or kind of de facto, but he was like the creative... Like, specifically the art head of Marvel. Yeah. So all uh, a lot of Marvel comics at the time were 
coming under his house style. His style was becoming the house style, essentially. Yeah. And he was overseeing. And also sometimes redoing people's art Makes to make it his. Uh, which I think what it wasn't he wasn't doing it out of nothing. Like I think it was like the order from up high. Todd McFarlane kept having his changed over by John Meat Senior. Right. So eventually he what he did was he left it to the last minute to turn anything in, turned it in so it, all of it was in his style, like extremely his style, including the cover art. Um Ramita Senior was like, I don't have time to fix this. Like I can't I can't do half and not do the other half. Yeah. We have to put it out. They put it out. He got a bollocking for doing that. And then that issue sold insanely well. And then he got yeah, given a and, bit of creative freedom. Yeah, and then he was like, oh, well, oh, actually, we will leave it your way. And Tom McFarlane is really highly regarded now, isn't he? Yeah, and he, he, he after the Ramita era, he, he, his era kind of came after. And that was, that was Spider-Man in like the, you know, in the Ramita, he was very kind of like, it was modeled after like real people, yes. like ballet or something like that, where like, yeah. Tom and Fine made like Spider-Man specific like body movements. Like yes. you could you could only do this with your body if you were Spider-Man powered. Which he did that kind of stuff. Absolutely makes sense. And and I don't need posing to be realistic necessarily. I just need it to look good. Yeah. But also, I've just had a scan through the first three issues while we've been talking. Not a single set of eyes are looking in the right direction here, Ryan. No, of course. Every not. single face we see, both eyes are looking different directions. Now, again, there are some human beings where that is, you know, the de facto for them, and that's whatever it is. But that's not every single person in fucking New York, is it? No, it doesn't help that a lot of the people's eyes are just dots. They're just well. dots, or they're not but, present. But not all, and yeah. that's even worse. And then some of them have one eye that has a pupil and one that's a dot, and some people have one eye open and one eye closed. Mm. Like, there's just a hot mess throughout. So just to show you an example, this is like one of the famous Todd McFarlane Spider-Man. So you can fantastic. see big difference. If you search, if you Google Todd McFarlane Spider-Man, you can see it's like one of the first response. But um, you I can mean, see it's like detailed. It looks unrealistic, but it like, looks in interesting and attractive. Like the head's a tiny bit out of proportion. Yeah. The head's a tiny bit too big, but it's the Spidey head. But it looks like, like it, it. it looks like a crazy superhero universe kind of yeah. look, which fits the tone. But yeah, um, the what two things I'll say about the art as well. One is, for some reason, the newsreaders have weird teeth. If yeah. you have any page with the newsreaders, the teeth, it looks like a photo, a real-life photo of teeth yeah. under the drawing. And then their eyes are always shut, and it's, yeah. it's just it's just every single panel you look at, there's a new problem with it. <laughs> yes. And like, yeah, the, the, the mouths are all wrong, the eyes are all wrong, the face proportions are all off, but they're all off. Again, this is something I've really learned reading comic books is that artists have styles. And so if you look at a certain artist's work and you're like, yes, all of his foreheads are a bit too big. You're like, well, that's his style and that's okay. But all of these faces are off in different ways, Ryan. Yep. Like, aren't they? Like, yeah, everyone you're like, why did you do it like that? Mm. So the other point, and I think it would be the last point on the art, because I think this is worth doing. I had to check this, right? I've sent you an email with a link. Yes. If you'd open that now, I'll cut out the space while you're opening it up and having a look. Oh, wow. So I've sent you a bit of art from a recent comic written and illustrated by this uh, by this comic book writer and artist. It's so much better, isn't it? Yeah, loads better. I mean, yeah, very cartoony, but but ma- miles and miles improved from Spider-Man Reign, right? Massive. So Different artists. These are shot screenshots from uh, Erratic, which I think came out a couple of years ago, and there's a new one I think came out this year even, um, by Care Andrews, uh, written and illustrated, and it just looks like a normal comic. In fact, it actually looks 
pretty good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I, I thought we need to mention this because I looked up. I was like, is is he doing this art for his entire career? And I checked, and he's not. So he is capable of good art. He does a lot of good art. It makes his choices for Spider-Man Reign even more baffling when you think about it. But yeah, I thought it was important to mention he is capable of good art. And we need to bear that in mind as we yeah. rip apart Spider-Man Reign. So there's a panel in the first episode in the first issue of Erratic where he gets it he he gets it right that so you're seeing somebody's arm through an empty bottle of vodka and you can see the distortion that the vodka bottle would cause looking through it mm. on the image. Like that's actually quite high level stuff. Yeah. And you can um, see the kind of unique, unique art style. Like yes. you can see like the style coming through with the unique like the unique artist, but it's it also is coherent and looks attractive and looks like engaging. Yes. So moving on from the art, because so, I could be here all day. Yes. Moving on to the story, which I have extensive notes on. I am going to need to tackle this in chronological order. Yeah, because, no, I get it, because it's a hot mess. Yeah, I've just got... I, I I can't even really just talk about it as a normal story. Like, I don't think it warrants that. I've just got problems and problems and problems well, I've noted to just run through, essentially. I'm going to be honest with you, it, the, the, the actual content itself didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Like, I mean, obviously I'm jumping forward quite a lot now, but like Venom's appearance... That's a spoiler, but <laughs> didn't make any sense to me. Um, Ryan, I don't care if I spoil this comic okay. book. This is this deserve this deserves burning, not spoiling. Yeah, I will say now we we we. I'm going to run through it chronologically, but I think we're going to like references are going to jump around, and it came out in 2007. I would not recommend reading this, so maybe don't. But if you really have to, go ahead. Is what yeah, I'll say. this is it, but it's 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 worth reading if you want the aspect of what an awful comic book looks like and and reads like yeah so essentially the opening of the story starts with the itsy bitsy spider and how has other spider-man comics done that already because if they haven't how have they not and it's such a high heavy-handed attempt at profundity yes is the thing so the exact that's pretty much a good description for the whole story. Yeah, absolutely. So it says, Itsy Bitsy Spider climbed up the water spout. Down came the rain and washed the spider out. Up came the sun and dried out all the rain. And then there's one of the kids going, Rain! Are we, are, <laughs> so it, it says It's a rain. double meaning. Yeah, and then, it, and then there's one of the kids with rain in huge bold letters popping out of the actual speech bubble saying rain as in a regnal rain, like a yeah. king's rain. And the rain are the de facto kind of SS police force here, aren't they? They are the government forces from V for Vendetta, which is yeah. the other thing that this basically rips off. Yeah. It's Dark Knight Rises and V for Vendetta. If you mash those two together and throw in Spider-Man, this is it. And again, this like, it's so heavy handed yeah, and, and so much dystopian fiction has used yeah. this trope because essentially the reign of the SA. Yes. And They're I, government bully boys, aren't yeah, they? I want to make a point. Just because you mix two things together like that, that's that's modern creativity. Like mm. people, that's a absolutely fine thing. I'm not criticizing it for doing that. What I'm criticizing it for is doing it so heavy handed that you can literally look at the bits in the story and go, that's Dark Knight Rises. This part's V for Vendetta. That's like, it's a mix of ideas is meant to be like, it makes something original, not a patchwork of yeah. the original things. Just like a, a horrible looking quilt in the end. Because I was seeing big chunks of 1984 in here. 
yeah but and then i think that's like v for vendetta is like that's carried over through that i mean it? just i mean again so this is a very heavy-handed approach at creating a dystopian story yes this is dystopian fiction this is like by the numbers dystopian future yes like a color by numbers dystopian future like mysterious leader tick sas tick beating random civilians for no reason well, or not the sas <laughs> the sa <laughs> i mean who knows just maybe. so the british army don't turn up ryan meant I to mean, say they, the, might. they might but i i, I imagine they're a bit or the busy. ss i mean i would hope the ss don't turn up no no i mean if they do we are not equipped for that kind of event what, to fight the ss yeah i'd say we're probably because we're, we're soy boy soft boys aren't we absolutely so we, we can't we well, if there's a military call i'm running to canada in their fucking hugo boss military leather <laughs> <Yes>. jackets <laughs> which do look good unfortunately no such a shame isn't it <laughs> but yeah the um it's literally like a tick box of like dystopian future do this 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 and this there you go and it that's like the bare minimum this comic has and done there's an underground resistance yep and the regime of taking control of the media yeah it's all in there it's all there but again talking about you know the regime taking control of the media that is the central focus of 1984 Hmm. and it's so beautifully parceled out and so intelligently dealt with that it's really impactful here it's just like We've got this thing and it's on telly. <laughs> it's just yep. so heavy-handed, Ryan. It's just news readers being like, all hail rain. I and- know. So anyway. So um, no, th- that part of the Itty Bitty Spider, the narration, which uh, is not even worth, it's not even warranting speaking about how bad the narration is. It's such a minor part. It's not even worth it. However, there is one expression I want to talk about. Uh, I've got so many expressions. Like, go so, ahead. So they, they, he talks about the fact that nursery rhymes are told to children, but they're really ways for adults to impart yep. wisdom, which I get. Like, that's, 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 that is an astute observation about the function of story in our culture. Yeah. However, he talks about the specific, like, the specific things that all these old nursery rhymes are referencing, I did double, I did fact check them. Yep. They're largely right. But he talks about, um, you know, the what's the the egg on the wall? Humpty Dumpty. Humpty Dumpty. He refers to Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> Where is it? He refers to Humpty Dumpty as a yoke-filled body broken on the floor. And I'm like, that's gross. I mean, it's accurate, I guess. Well, like- no, because once Humpty Dumpty's fucking broken, the, the problem is that the yoke isn't in him anymore. Yeah. He's not a yoke-filled body So anymore, they're confusing the blood in the actual body they're watching getting beaten up to Humpty Dumpty, whose yoke would have ran out and not been there anymore. Yeah, but again, it's It wouldn't so... have filled. But again, if, if, the, if they had actually really cleverly woven some nursery rhymes into this mm. and actually used them as allegory, it could have been quite effective. But it just, as, as with this story the whole way through, it's so heavy-handed yeah. that at one point he says, sing the song learn the rhyme, prepare yourself. It almost sounds like a fucking Calvin Klein advert. It's trying to make, it's trying to make it sound cool. They're yeah. try, they haven't found something cool and incorporated it. They're like, they've, they've started with Itsy Bitsy Spider. It's like, well, let's continue that. Let's continue that with other nursery rhymes. It's like, this is cool, isn't it? And again, it's so fucking heavy handed that, uh, so after this, we see basically some kids running away from the police um, we find out later that they're like a resistance that's been started by James Jameson, right? Um, but it then cuts to this really bad pair of eyes and it says, a broken man 
and then in a speech bottle, Parker. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I get it, right? I get it. Old man Peter Parker is sad and does a menial job now. Yeah. Also, he gets fired from his job at the at the flower shop, the florist, the florist, flower shop. It's basically, same thing. <laughs> ooh, florist, florist, fancy Dan. Like, it's that Simpsons thing. Like, ooh, florist. So what? What do you call it? A flower shop. <laughs> <laughs> call it a car hole. Yeah. But it's where you buy flowers, not cars. It's a car hole, Homer. I call it a car hole. So he gets fired. Peter Parker's a genius. He is a genius who is like capable of making tech. And how can he not do a selling flowers at a flower shop job? Like, well, he, he got he, he got the wrong. He's flowers, like, oh, didn't he? oh, jeez. Oh, Mister, whoever his boss's name, like, oh, Mister doesn't find out about. It. He's like, Parker, your last, uh, you're fired, and your last check's out. It's like, oh, shucks. It's like, how how desperately you want to make Peter Parker a sad sack in this, like a pathetic pitiful character and that's fine like that's a fair enough intention because you want him to rise up above it but to just be like i don't know he's in a shit job and he sucks at it like could you not have come up with something like a a little closer to the character or even just a bit more interesting it's i don't know i don't know why it kind of cuts from there to the beginning of this and i'm already we're at the beginning of issue one and then it cuts to the swami news reporters talking about this defense system they're putting around new york called the web and the fact that under this new regime, they've had 10 years free of superheroes. Why is it called the web? Oh, I wonder why. <laughs> um, and this is, you know, this is from 2007. So some of the technical stuff is quite funny now. But, you know, it, it they're, again, they're really heavy handedly setting up this. This thing is going to happen soon and it's very important. Yeah. And, and, and again, it's very obvious to us being people reading a Spider-Man comic. They're like, supers are good. Supers generally are a positive thing. Yeah, we've come into this. This is uh, the prerequisite knowledge we have as Marvel fans reading this comic. Totally right. Um, but again, even you know that's the Civil War comics, which I don't think are that great either. Civil War two, Civil War two, so so. Civil War one, I really like. So is Civil War two the one where Carol Danvers yes. and Tony Stark are feuding? Yeah. So even then, like the way they set up this registration for superheroes, that was the first one. That was the first one. Yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah. I great like it it was a reason for all superheroes to be involved because right. it affected them all. Totally. But this it's just it, it's effectively the same thing, isn't it? But locally as opposed to like nationally. I like, would say this is far less than that. This is just a there's a big thing happening. It's a timer and hopefully things will stop it before it happens. Like mm. that's it's just a really heavy-handed way of doing that essentially. Um but then they they also set up a conference with the new mayor who we establish a think in this issue. I'm just scrolling ahead to it. No, this happens in the next issue, so yeah. we'll talk about that later. I would say there's a part where someone's a, a kid or civilian, whoever's getting beaten up, and another kid is like sad about it and goes, "There's no one out there to help us. No one to save us. No one." And it's like, calm down. Like Peter Parker's walking away, yeah. holding himself in his jacket at this point. It's just, again, heavy-handed is the phrase we're going to use all the time because this is. It's it's just that all the way through. It's 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 so lacking in subtlety. It's just direct, straight to the uh, the idea, just out there, blank. Like if you miss it, it's it's like being hit by a train with this with with this metaphor and with this meaning. It's like you can't. It's terrible. It's just terrible. And then you know they even go so heavy with it, like hailed by the people of this city. Now, hail is a word. Context is uh, not great. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, he's a true American hero. And then we cut to a scene where he's got 
somebody, and I, I, you might be able to contextualize this for me, mm. the creature that he's got on an IV. I have no idea. I, it right. never comes up again. <laughs> I don't know who that is. I forgot about that, and I thought at the time, I was like, I wonder who that's going to turn out to be. Well, no I, one. I was hoping you'd know who that was, right? I have no idea. I thought it was going to be revealed. They dropped that. They just completely forgot. So the mayor is eating a steak in front of this like withered creature that he's had trapped on an IV for 10 years. I can't think who that is. Well, this is the thing, right? I assumed you'd be like, oh, that's XYZ character from this run of Spider-Man. The only thing I think... So I, I, I have a suspicion. I think I might know... I might know who it is. They've not been obvious with it, and it's related to something that happens later. So mm. put a pin in that if you can, and I'll try and remember to come back to it later when, when we get to the point. Um, I might know who it is. And but again... We- not it doesn't tell you it doesn't explicitly tell you at all and then we cut which, to which is crazy for how obvious every other aspect of this comic is mm. that they didn't there's it's it's a mix of like 75 percent heavy-handed open like this is the story this is the meaning do you get it yet and then it's 25 percent. oh we forgot to explain this part yeah like how do you do both of those things well this and this and this is the issue with it consistently and then it does this really kind of this could have been so exciting and interesting, particularly within the context of like American culture. We cut to the mayor's um, press conference and he says, uh, as you know, the web system requires the removal of any large metal ornaments to our buildings. This includes church bells, crosses, metal statues, all items that could reduce the power of the web system. Now, one of the key things that happens in any dictatorial government Hmm. is that they take control of whatever the kind of state religion or the national religion is and so take the taking away of church bells and crosses and you know ornaments on buildings yeah all of those things are very churchy and so this is a this 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 could have been used as this really interesting subtle way of denoting that this is a dictatorial government this is no other powers can exist not exactly you you don't even you no longer even have the option to ring a church bell so you can all congregate yeah right but it's just kind of left there wallowing in this mess and not really contextualized like if i'd have just seen them taking church bells and idols away i'd have been like wow that's yeah a subtle reference that's like that's like fahrenheit 451 yeah you know that's like really powerful stuff fahrenheit 451 is about book burning yeah, yeah um and so you know that would that would have been really powerful or you know the kind of the revisionist history that the pigs engage in in Animal Farm, where they're they're constantly changing the rules that they wrote on the wall at the start of the revolution, right? I don't I don't know if you've read Animal Farm. Uh, no, but I get what you mean. And so, and again, you know, part of te- um, 1984 is like this sense of revisionist history. We were at war with the East Asians, but now we're at war with the West Asians. But we we're always always at war with the West Asians. It was never the East Asians kind of thing. Yeah, and this happens a lot in dystopian fiction and they're trying to play with it here just not doing See, it i think so do without saying it do you know the what the reason they did this for in the comic um so it doesn't mess with the web no so the real reason so i sense you don't and we're gonna hold on to that because it's is, related to this the ending. is the bell ringing in chapter in in the fourth issue isn't it yeah it's i think it's kind of connected to that i didn't pick that up when i first read it like i'm only making the connections now mm. but in the same way like i suspect that might have been it, it might have been completely accidental yeah i think the real reason which is revealed later might have been the only reason they did that right and it might okay. be pure coincidence that like they've accidentally some done something almost meaningful i'm giving them more credit 
So, Maybe, possibly. I mean, it might have been intentional, but I'm just saying it doesn't feel like it's intentional. So realistically, the only interesting things that happen in the rest of this issue so, are that um, Peter Parker has a weird conversation with dead Mary Jane. Which is very cliched. Yep, super cliched. Oh, he feels guilty about her dying because she's still young and you can't see her face and mm. she's not talking back. Very cliched. Super boring. And then old man Jonah J. J. Jonah Jameson. J. Jonah yep. Jameson turns up. Now, I like his depiction here. Well, as a JJ fan, this like hits like the right notes. He's the only character with a particularly believable motivation. Yep. And he's, um, he's brash and he's, he's angry, but he's, his heart's in a good place. Uh, I've always liked that depiction of J. Jonah Jameson because it makes it. It makes it more interesting that he was such he was the biggest critic of Spider-Man. Yes. And the the best way they explain that in the comics is that he he had either some incident or some past thing where he had a distrust of people in masks, is yeah. mugging or something like that. And with Spider-Man, it's not that the best depiction of him is he's not denying that Spider-Man is like attempting good or doing good, but they can't trust him because there's no accountability for this person. We don't know him. We don't know what he's doing. And it's really interesting because do you know much about the fourth estate? I mean, I know what the fourth estate is. But... Yeah. So for anyone that doesn't, the fourth estate is the name we used to have for print media. So the news media used to be called the fourth estate. And the idea was that particularly in Britain, they would hold everybody else accountable. So if you would, if you would, you know, if you were publicly doing a practice that was in any way wrong the fourth estate would hold you accountable and in the 50s and 60s there was this real sense that the fourth estate were doing this work and that they were holding people accountable and that they were giving the people the truth right that really stopped being the case in the 80s and 90s with like phone tapping scandals and all that bullshit news of the world mm. Kim Piers morgan like the news got real mucky but in the 20th century, when this character was conceived of originally, the fourth estate was held to a really high ideal. And I love J I love Jameson as a representation of that in Spider-Man. The thing is, nowadays, the modern representation, he's more, the bugle is considered more of like a tabloid. Almost, yes. But still with some like decent reporting, mm. like there's, it's put down as a tabloid because it's trying to put down like, oh, this one paper keeps, you know, criticizing Spider-Man. Oh, it's because it's a tabloid. Like, I don't I don't know what the reason for that is. I, I, I've always liked to say that J.J. criticizes it, him. Again, yeah. the idea of like tabloids and broadsheets is a very British thing. Yeah, well, and now American tabloids, I think, are... I don't know if they're an export from here or not, but they definitely are in full force over there now. I don't really know what the American relationship with print media is like at the moment. It's basically... It's more like cable news these days. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is the thing, isn't it? So he's sold the bugle off and the bugle is actually the news channel that we're watching yeah which i got i like that i guess like it's it's interesting turnabout isn't it i mean it's a relatively convenient way of showing the corruption of the power structures yeah and it it really shows because you know i i'm a bit of a socialist i believe that um state-owned things are good <laughs> mm. i believe it's really important for the state to own certain things don't think it's important for them to be in control of the fourth estate which is what's happened here yeah and it's a really convenient way of telling us not only did they create something that competed with the newspaper, they fucking bought it. Mm. Right? And so, again, it's a shortcut. It's surprising that there's this amount of interesting stuff coming from this comic. Like, I, <sighs> again, but, but I said up top. Is this because it's just, this is 1984 borrowing, essentially, isn't it? Yeah. I yeah. mean, 
what what's interesting here is that they've tr- like the arts shit with the story they've tr- there was there was some there was a, a, it's <clears throat> an earnest attempt to making something good at the core of this which there is, is why something interesting this is why i call it the room of comic books they were going yeah. for something really lofty and really high and the execution was just dog shit yeah but yeah because at its core there's some really interesting ideas i like dystopian fiction yeah yeah and people like dystopian fiction like one of the most popular movie franchises of this era in the noughties was the hunger games that's mm. just that's children's fiction but it's dystopian young adult y- fiction. young adult i'm yeah. not even a reader but it's young yeah adult. It's, it's dystopian young adult fiction and it was incredibly popular um and i love dystopian fiction you know i'm a huge fan of george orwell um but again yeah there's there's something really interesting at the core here but the way it's handled don't buy into <laughs> no no not at all it's i don't know what more to say about even that part i feel like we've gone into too lofty a conversation for for this comic like it feels like it's an un it's not earned this discussion if that makes sense i mean because they've plays... just copied it from v for vendetta in 1984 haven't they yeah i mean it plays with some big ideas yeah and it, and and this is the thing it plays with some big ideas that are really well informed by not only really great dystopian fiction but also history yeah and so something that happens sort of halfway through issue two there's some skirmishes not a lot happens in the start of issue two but we, we meet another super i was gonna say before we get to that I've got a lightning round a couple more bits. Okay. Because I just made the small notes, I think, from here on. Um, with great responsibility comes great power. Yeah, I noticed that. I was like, all right, fine, I'll give you that. Like, it's a clever reversal. It means something. It literally means the opposite of the quote, even though you've you've just as easily just reversed the words, like the main words. Yeah. That's smart. Like, I'll give you that. But smart in a way where I'm like, that's cute. Like, it works. And I'm surprised no one's done it before now. And if they have, that's it's probably not good that you've, you've taken that. But if you've come up with it originally, great. Good good job. And then we get to, I think, an interesting another ripoff here. So they this I, my next notes, I don't know if you get anything in between. I'm at the, the Sinner 6 part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they do a Suicide Squad ripoff. And the... the what are we, some uh, kind of Suicide squad? squad? They put bombs in the bodies of the... What was the Sinister 6, but they had to rename the Sinner 6 for some reason. Well, that that happens just after j jonah jameson is in the street having gone and found peter yeah to help him to try and like get him back he's then distributing daily bugle newspapers calling him the masked menace and i'm like why have you done that his actions just don't make a whole lot of sense here but is that i I don't know uh i mean maybe they're old bugle issues no because it's the photo of old man parker with his broken arm okay so that's after he's um yeah, he's punched JJ after saving him. Yeah. In and uh, he's he's wearing the mask and boxes. Yes. I tell you what I did like about With that. With an arm cast. Yes. Because he's broken his arm. Yeah, somehow. Because he's got Spider-Man powers. How has he broken his arm? That's crazy. When he got knocked over, he broke his arm. But he, should, he? But he shouldn't have. Like, Spider- the powers should not have cancelled out. Or they should the have frailty. Like, stopped working. Yeah. Because yeah. he does all the stuff later. But what I did like, and I will credit this as one of the good things, I, one of the few things I liked... As soon as he puts the mask back on and he starts Spider-Manning again, he reverts. It's a verb. Spider-Manning. He reverts. No, because there's a hyphen, so you can't do that with Ugh, one. All right. We got. I'm trying to. I keep standards. I, I keep trying to drag you to being grammatically correct. I feel like you're fighting me every way on it. You know. You. Yeah. I. That, yeah. That's fine. I'll. I'll allow it. I'll you allow and it. I are going to fall out. Here, I'm just. I'm, I'm saying you don't have to. It's fine. So 
Spider-Man, as soon as he starts... You're the smug look as, on your face. As soon as he starts Spider-Man... smug look on your face. The listeners don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so, the second he puts on the mask and starts Spider-Maning again, I do like that he reverts immediately back into the quippy old Spider-Man. Yeah. I like that, like, it... It reinforces the idea in reality of like when people wear masks, they they do assume like they it's so easy to assume another identity and another like yes. almost personality because you feel hidden by the mask. For him, it's putting back on the mask. He jumps back into the personality that he presented as Spider-Man. So I really like that part. That is consistent throughout the story as well. Like when he's normal Peter Parker, he's you know, he's this old sad sack one mask back on quippy spider-man back so i like yes. that part now i will credit it for that but then yeah sin of six we get the suicide squad rip off um jay jones he's, he's handing around the newspapers with mass mess i guess it's maybe just like a like a like hey look the the menace is back you better watch out government or rain or whoever and it all gets a bit all of a twist at this point because he then has a bunch of kids with newspaper bags distributing them for him well that's his resistance isn't it it's like yeah. they're all homeless kids and they're the dregs of society and they're gonna fagin. rise it's a bit up fagin, isn't it? yeah they're gonna rise up and uh dismantle them whatever Sin the sinner six all drawn really horribly as well Oh yeah, but I that's mean, just consistent with the style at this point. Yeah, that was one of the this, the first illustration of one of the Sinner Six was, I think, one of the worst. Like, look at the state of his traps. Yeah, like yeah, it's just the proportions all wrong at every page. Um, yes, there's a kid who's talking about like this this diatribe about the cage and the keys and the lock and like trying to get this girl to follow him into the alley, which is bad in itself looks pretty bad but he's like no no there's he couldn't just be like hey there's secret resistance like come here shush there's no one around he's like you know the cage and the keys and the locks and it's like what are you doing no one talks like this certainly not children especially not children pretentious Rad- adults might yeah and 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 again it's just sort of it's i mean i keep using this expression but it's so heavy handy again we are just gonna keep saying that because that's most of what is the overwhelming sense of this comic book is that it is a bit heavy-handed so the next note i made was concerning hypno hustler (laughs) i mean you've skipped most of issue two there well because probably not much interesting happened i guess i mean if you want to if you want to hear anything before hypno hustler go ahead no 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 i mean i I just kind of want to get that i just want this to be as far (laughs) in my past as it can be ryan so they bring up again i'll lightning round these like notes that i've got and you jump in if you have any particular part you want to talk about um bring they bring in hypno hustler for seemingly no reason like literally just they they kind of fridge him and if he was a girlfriend of the main character which he's not obviously but he's an old villain like a real c-list d-list villain um and they bring him back and he's like, actually, I hate this rain government now. And I've got this music that makes people dance because that probably was my thing back in the day. And then the the the, secu- the rain guards are like, oh, we're being forced to dance. It's like, oh, it's working. And then his batteries run out. Yes. And they go, oh, we're fine now. And then they just shoot him in the head. And it's I was reading that. I was like, what was the point in that? Yeah. I mean, I suppose it further establishes that in this world, you're not allowed music anymore but you could have just had a random like why did you have to introduce yeah. this character i mean yeah I, you've I, already I think... you've already established that the guards are mean to the civilians if they do anything out of turn why did you have to bring in hypno hustler for this <laughs> i don't care about hypno hustler but i feel 
enraged on his behalf. I'm like, why did you do this character day by just sacrificing for a point that you've already made several times? Yes. What was the reason? It's also just apparently, apparently at some point, at some point, they were talking about Donald Glover playing the hypno hustler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> apparently that, that was, uh, there was, so it was rumoured. It was yeah. only rumoured and reported, but apparently it was his idea. <laughs> Also, but you know what? An an Atlanta themed hypno hustler film would be amazing. Do you know what I'm going to say though? No. Well, I'm I'm just now looking at some old illustrations of the hypno hustler. I've just been reading. I've just been on Google Images looking at some pretty pretty racist shit, Ryan. Pretty stereotypical uh, depictions. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's called the hypno hustler. I didn't realize he was black. Um, in this because comic. everyone is grey because comic. everybody's grey yeah everybody's old and grey um, but you can't you can't just straight up call a black character the hustler in I mean, 2024 unfortunately they did back then oh yeah no they could and they did um, okay grim uh, that, that's, a, that's a feature of Spider-Man history that I'm just not a fan of um, it's you'll find a feature like that in most old superhero yeah, histories unfortunately um, I've got to the part where the writer does an interesting thing. He does a he does a plot device that I think is renownedly criticized when you see it happen in fiction. Yeah. And then in the narration, he goes, I'm doing this plot device. Is it the Deus Ex it's Machina? It's the Deus Ex Machina. I sent you a screenshot of that bubble, yeah. didn't I? <laughs> so he, he, he does a Deus Ex. He does. And he goes... I'm doing a Deus Ex. <laughs> Not only does he do that, he does a Deus Ex Machina. Explains explains its root in Greek fucking tragedies, and then just carries on doing a Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> Sorry, and just to clarify things, so a Deus Ex Machina for anyone who doesn't know, it's a literary trope. There's basically an old fiction. And it's when a character, a main character, or any character, is in a situation where it looks like all is lost. And, you know, how could they possibly get out of this? The tension is raised. And then something happens out of nowhere that just happens to save the character. That's and, the deus ex, right? Yeah. And it, 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 in Greek, in, I mean, they talk about it here in Greek fiction. It was a translation of like like uh, the actions of God or whatever. God of the God of the machine, essentially. Yeah. But so I was always under the impression, and correct me if I'm wrong, I always thought to point out a deus ex machina, like to point out it happening in a story in, in fiction was a criticism. Is well, yeah. that not the case? Of course it is. Why is he like, I'm doing a deus ex machina? I don't know. Why did he... It, it doesn't... It bothered me at the time, right? so baffling. He's literally gone, you know that thing that is a criticism of stories? I'm going to do it and tell you I'm doing it while I'm doing it. So, on Sunday evening, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you into my day a little bit. I went for a walk, and I went to, I went to a, a green grocer's that I really like. And I bought some nice vegetables to make myself a biryani with, right? And then I went to my local pub that I work in and I ordered a Coke. And I sat and I was going to read all four issues of this. <laughs> I made it to this point and I went, fuck it. Not only am I not reading any more of this tonight, I'm getting a fucking McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> it made me so sad that I couldn't cook for myself, Ryan. I'd love to speak to the, to the author <laughs> and be like, why? Why well, did sure you do this? I imagine he's working at Lonely Planet at this point. I mean, he's working <laughs> Lonely Planet, the comic book store. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> it's just a big chain of comic book stores. 
I know. He, well, it's like I showed you, he's still writing comics, and they're much better than what he did here in 2007. Oh, I, I, don't, I just don't know, Ryan. It's, it's <laughs> really broken me. I mean, it's it's it might be the worst. No, no, it's not the worst part. We get we're getting to the worst part. This is we're the second there. worst part. Yeah. Um, I did like, and this does lead oh, into it. I don't want it. You no, I well, I know. I don't care if you like or not. <laughs> I did like uh the Doc Ock um reveal of why he actually was. So Doc yes. Ock is is Spider Man's finding the Sinner Six. He's getting beat up, and the Deus Ex Machina is Doc Ock turns up and just pulls him out of the fight and runs away with him basically. Yeah. And you go. If you ignore the whole Deus Ex bollocks, you go, well, like, what's Doc Ock going to be? Why is he saving him? I do like the reveal, and it turns out that Doc Ock, his arms are operating independent of him because he is dead. Yeah. So his arms are carrying around his dead body, but he's also uploaded, like, an AI, or at the very least, a recording of himself into the arms. Yeah. I liked that. I thought that was a cool thing. I thought it was kind of metal, like a corpse walking along... And it's, it sh- reveals his face. And it's one of the few times where the art is actually suitable. It's actually okay, How horrible yeah. his corpse looks is like actually supports the art. His gnarled, withered corpse. Yes. So I like that. But then, <laughs> I mean, oh, we'll get into it. Um, I did like after this, they the reveal of the, the real bad guy. I did. What, I enjoyed mayor? it. Yeah. Well, it's not the mayor, is it? No. So JJ gets captured. He gets close to the mayor and he's he gets the knife off him that he somehow got and he basically get he basically spiels like i i suspect i think i know what you are and i just need to prove it i just need to get close to prove it kind of thing and he stabs the mayor and the mayor's just bleeding out of his neck and jj's like whoops i got that wrong uh it turns out i was wrong about that and then it turns out that the mayor's assistant who's always been like a sinister character next to the mayor is base is venom basically the Venom, the symbiote. So when you were talking earlier about the... I don't know. Yeah. When we were talking earlier about the guy at the table, in the IV and everything, I think that was Eddie Brock, who was the original Venom host. So I think the idea is the Venom symbiote has kept Eddie alive. He's moved on from him, but he's kept him alive as like, I don't, I don't want to kill you. I don't hate you. But, you know, I can't, let, I can't have you going around telling people what I'm doing. I'll keep you trapped here. But again, never explicitly tells that, does it? The other thing that happens in this issue is the mayor does the press conference saying that he's not going to stop being mayor. Fair enough. (laughs) That's a very common political thing these days. Cancels all elections. Like, I'm here until this job is done. Um, And again, you know, just kind of leaning on the dystopian thing. Um, So how did you feel about the Venom reveal? I thought it was interesting. I didn't see it coming. Venom. Uh, Venom. It's like a, it's like a Frank Sinatra, like Venom. Um, <laughs> Venom's here. Yeah, I liked. I, yeah, I just it was surprising. I didn't know it was coming, and I was like, oh, cool. Like mm. that's interesting. Um, it made sense of what I was saying earlier: the removal of the bells and the metal, the metal cross and stuff. He was getting rid of metal things on buildings that because he knew he was going to release venom creatures on the sea. Those are things that. So I, you might not know this but no. we get into one of the symbiote's weaknesses their main weakness essentially is sound vibrations so the bell in the church and, uh... the, and that was another another admittedly clever part in it the church the bell in the church uh is a was a planned defense by jj who suspect strongly suspected it was venom it was like these people will be safe because they can bang the bell and the sound reverberation from the bell is what stops symbiotes especially essentially oh yeah did well, you that's... ever see spider-man 3 toby Maguire? 
a long time ago. Uh, I don't know if you remember the scene where he's in the church and he's ripping the symbiote off him. Mm. Like that's because yeah. the church bell is, you know, he works that out and that's how he gets it off him. Right. So do you think, so did, do you think a more engaged Spider-Man reader would have clocked that quite quickly? Well, I didn't. So, yeah, because I, again, I don't think they did it. I know it's it's just something where now that I when you pointed out I'm retroactively going okay I suppose that was kind of clever the bell in the church I think was the one I remembered and yes. thought back to I completely forgot about the removal of the bill because it was such a small bit but I suppose yeah. like if you're rereading it why would you but if you were rereading <laughs> it you might be like oh oh that's gonna be because of later yeah. you know when I first read it or something but the yeah I like the the bell in the church I thought that was a cool thing I like the that girl is being chased by the Venom monsters as she runs into the church, knowing they're chasing. She's telling a joke in her narration. Yes. The joke is, it's was it two people in on a safari, a spot a lion, and one of the safari people changes into their running shoes, and the second guy goes, "Why are you changing into your shoes? You not you can't outrun the lion." And he goes, "It's not the lion I have to outrun." So fine, good joke, and she's telling that, and then she runs into the church. And the venom monsters just start attacking the people in the church <laughs> and absorbing them, like absorbing them into. And I go, is she just literally using these people, like the sacrificing the, the resistance that she just joined to get away? And I literally, I made the note and I was like, is that what she did? And then she starts ringing the bell and they they get off the people because they are harmed by the race. I went, okay, that was smart as well. And again, the, the last half of this comic book almost, issue three and four are all kind of endgame, aren't they? I pray. I'm pretty sure we've got to the radioactive reveal, haven't we? Oh yeah, no. The radioactive reveal is in issue four. Okay, right. I'm already. My notes are already there. So if there's any parts in issue three you still want to talk about, um, uh, no. I mean, there's just a general ramping up. Um, a doctor sews back together the mare. Like nothing really particularly interesting happens, does it? No, you don't fully see Venom yet, do you? um no here's the last panel of issue three i did like the art on venom again i that that grungy kind of look again exclusively indoors so there's no cgi well, background yeah i mean it's a big splash panel it's fine <laughs> i i it suited the character for me like i was like he looks kind of cool in that but again because he's indoors and it's all the same style of art. Like, it looks consistent for one panel, at least. Yeah. So issue four, the end game, the last quarter is all just kind of action, isn't it? I mean, we get the radioactive reveal first, which I, I think we're at that point to talk about that now, aren't we? It's the worst dialogue I think I've ever read in a comic. So this is the bit where we it's find It's less out... funny when you have to actually read it. As a concept, <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> for anyone who does know and uh, uh, ignored the part at the beginning of the podcast it i mean do you want to tell it or it turns out that because of the cumulative effect of peter parker's semen being radioactive mary jane died of long exposure to radiation because of his radioactive cum or as you said he got mary curied she <laughs> yeah she he mary curied her um, I think that I think that having read it now, though, I feel a bit guilty using that example because Mary Curie was a fucking genius and did a lot for humanity. Oh yeah, she did that shit on purpose. Like she knew she was <laughs> no, she knew she was dying, yeah, yeah, so she yeah, um, she knew what was going to happen to her, but she needed to do this um, experimentation and research for the betterment of mankind. Essentially, yeah, so, yeah. she was kind of a hero. Yeah, absolutely, a pioneer in her work. Whereas this comic is 
it's radioactive semen. And, and do you know, and do you know, she was she was overlooked in her time. Um, there's a series coming out, um, or ha- is already out. Uh, I think Rosamund Pike plays yes. her, but it's literally about that. It's about how her and her husband were both on the research, and they were like, "Oh, we kind of have to take your name off because you're a woman." Like that is that. No one will take you seriously. Yeah. So the the dialogue in that part is absolutely awful. It's uh, it's so weird. He's like my my radioactive blood, and not just my blood, but other fluids. And he's <laughs> crying into a corpse while he's saying it, and it's it's <laughs> just awful. You didn't need to do this. You <laughs> you could have you for zero effort. You could have not included that in this comic. Yeah, you did not need to do this at all, and you did anyway. Yeah, so this happens after his first uh, confrontation with Venom. Yeah. Also, another point, Doc Ock takes him to the cemetery, takes him to the cemetery, and even Spider-Man goes, I wonder why he took me here. And Doc Ock is like, I knew you'd be like this, and I I knew before I died, I knew you'd be needing my help, and I'd need to make you the man again, and uh, Ragnarok, and Hades, and exchanging souls and stuff. And it's like, you you've deus exed so hard you don't even you can't explain your character's actions why would doc Ock know he needed this specific help at this specific time before he died yeah it's and even peter Parker goes i wonder how he knew this never explained because never he, explained because he couldn't have and he didn't that's the point is because he was a deus ex because he was a fucking deus ex yeah he's the most deus ex i've ever read yeah, it's just it's abysmal all the way through. It's worse than was it the the common the most common one I know of is the tank in I think Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And that, yeah. but even that is like, well, there you know there were tanks in the area. It was a war, like there was constantly moving of infantry and stuff. And it the timing was the biggest Deus Ex of that. Part. Yes, this is like, what if Doc Ock just knew that he would need help at this point? I mean, also the the. At the end of Saving Private Ryan, the people who were on on the tank knew what was going down. Do yeah, I mean? they, they like they knew what needed to happen and stuff. That's what I mean. So the timing was the Deus Ex aspect because they just they arrived at the right time. Yeah, totally. But here it's just this character. I mean, and, and again, comic books are rife with this bullshit. I always point this out, don't I? Yeah, that there is a uh, well. I've named to, it to differing levels. I have named it the Deus Ex character. Yes, like a bunch of character. Like whenever there is a problem, a new character turns up and resolves it. For people. It's a shame the Doc Ock didn't do the. I I'm here and I'm me and I'm gonna help. Yeah, I'm here to save you. <laughs> yeah, Hello, don't, citizen. Don't worry, it's me. And then his the, his name in the logo, <laughs> Doctor Octopus. It's like it's logo font. Have you seen Doctor Horrible? I know, but I've heard it's uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris and Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion. Yeah. And there's a lot of moments where Nathan Fillion's character turns up and he's like, Captain Hammer's here to save you. And that's how I feel every time I see this happen in a comic book. I hear Nathan Fillion. I mean, the the, the most. Captain Hammer's here. The most ham fisted, like, Deus Ex character was the Flash Flashpoint. (laughs) Because it happened several times in a row. And every time it's just bold faced. An emaciated Superman turns up. <laughs> no, he no. They're rescuing Superman, and then Metamorpho Woman yes. turns up. Oh fuck! It's so bad. I think this is worse, Ryan. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. This is worse. I think this is worse because that is just pure superhero shenanigans, right? Yeah. But a dystopian future where a villain has really integrated himself into the machinations of government yeah and they've created this tight 
dystopian future. An old man, Peter Parker, still grieving for Mary Jane, who died at his hands. They love to watch Peter Parker grieve for people that have killed, died because of him. Absolutely. So we're watching an old Peter Parker grieving, have to come out of retirement as an old frail man and do some superheroing. This has all of the elements that make the kind of comic I like to read. Mm. Um, I love it's, it's why the Dark Knight Returns is so good. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, th- there's so much in here that's laudable and there's so much that they try to do that's so interesting, but it's just executed horribly. Yeah. Like, I could forgive... That's why it's the room. <laughs> I, could, I could forgive the art if the writing was good. I could forgive the writing if the art was beautiful, but it's all just so bad. You're right, it's the room of comic books. It's the room. Because it not only, they didn't just make, like, it's it wasn't just a run-of-the-mill, we need to churn out a story for a character. It wasn't just like, you're doing the new Spider-Man run, and mm. it's just bad, like Amazing Spider-Man. It was this such high expectation this is going to be deep it's going to be dark it's going to be gritty it's going to be sad and it's going to be violent and it's they they thought it was going to be so good and so deep and they just made every bad decision that you could possibly make on this comic so ham-fisted even down to the very last panel oh we'll says. get there we we will get there well, don't... i don't think there's anything left to talk about here uh so again our lightning round he buried his original Spider-Man costume. So we hadn't seen the original costume yet. He buried it in the coffin with MJ. Oh, yeah. So he, he exhumed it to get it back, right? Doc Ock did it. Oh, and again, right. Peter goes, how did Doc Ock know that my costume was in MJ's grave? What? I, I agree, Spider-Man. How did he know? It's impossible for him to have known that. Also, young Peter Parker was quite a well-muscled guy. That costume would have drowned him. Young Peter Parker looks exactly like that guy at the beginning. <laughs> it's, it's just the same guy essentially he does doesn't he yeah um the the fourth cover i don't know if you've seen the fourth cover the blood is orange right oh yeah definitely but they needed to make it orange so that it played off against the red superman suit superman spider-man but then don't put blood in like oh, yeah. what, if the options are the blood has to be orange or don't put blood in don't put blood in and venom voring spider-man which is what this is you know yes. about vor? yeah it's the, the mouth thing like in the mouth box, yeah isn't it? like spider-man getting vored by venom would have been a powerful enough cover yeah he didn't need <laughs> he didn't need orange blood also looking at the blood it looks like it was added in MS Paint. <laughs> yeah, it looks awful. <laughs> Look at it. I could have done that. Yeah, a hundred percent. I I There's fully a sad agree. Face. Yeah. <laughs> you One of the done blood it. spatters makes a sad face. It's just so bad, Ryan. And ugh, oh God knows. Um, the hope speech that the kid oh, makes. The daughters of hope was oh, it? Oh fuck off! It's I, just so ham-fisted. I cringed at that part. I was like. Why are you saying this now? It makes no sense. My 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 current favorite reference point for like an elaborate speech in fiction is Community. Yeah, you know how um, Jeff Winger's speeches are supposed to be ham-fisted and they're supposed to be really overblown. I think they started earnestly, and then they self they kind of get meta, like they mm. become self the show becomes self-referential about it, which is the best thing you can do with that kind of stuff. It makes it fun. But his speeches are more poignant and powerful than these, and they are played off for comedy. Yes, exactly. The parody the point, is the better point I was getting at than this attempt. The parody of an emotive speech is more powerful than yeah. this. 
I've got a screenshot, so I'm I'm going to read it oh, out. Don't because I'm going to make everyone else suffer as well. Okay. So this kid who has just appeared, this as young girl, she's just <laughs> appeared throughout the story with no seemingly no connection to any character. We'll get to that. She's standing up to the to the rain soldiers like that V for Vendetta scene, you know, yeah. where they're all wearing the mask and the capes and everything. And she goes, "We are one. We are a legion." Yeah. She says, "Let me tell you a thing about hope." Hope has three daughters. Anger at the state things have fallen into. Courage to fight to make things right. And the third daughter is truth. Now, the problem with this is, it's number one, it's bollocks. But it's, <laughs> it's such bollocks that you could just replace it. I wish I'd prepared, pre-prepared this, but I'm going to try and wing it. You could replace this with anything, and it means the same thing. You could be like, let me tell you a thing about hunger. It has three daughters. The expectation of food imagining the taste <laughs> and the feeling of emptiness in your belly like that's it's that structure you could put anything in that the the daughters of a thing i don't know if the microphones have picked up a siren but sirens just gone past i mean it's it's pressing yeah. like it's you literally you could put anything it's like a mad uh, you know mad lib yes know, we don't have in england but it's an american thing you could put you could replace these x has three daughters and they are Y, Z, and A. Like, <laughs> fill your boots. Just put whatever you want in. It doesn't matter. It's all bollocks. So that was fun. Uh, I cringed at that. The reveal of the girl who makes that speech. Yeah, right. Completely out of nowhere. Yeah. I did not see it coming at all. So one of the Sinner Six, which I keep having to cautiously correct myself on that, yeah. is Sandman. And he is, he is a common Sinister Six character, so fair enough. Turns out this girl is his daughter. Yeah, for no reason. For no reason other than for this scene yeah. where she's like, hey, you don't even know me, bum your daughter. And also I turn into cement. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> you could take out the cement turning part and it wouldn't make any difference no, at all. because it's all batshit. And right, I will I give this... The story, of the, the story of Sandman, he does have a daughter who's ill, and that's why he does crime. So yes. he has like a, this bittersweet, like, yeah. he's, he's bad, but he's, he's got, you know, this reason for doing he it. He saves Ryan. He's, he saves, and he turns into sand, and that's where <laughs> we'll leave that. Um, but he, yeah, he, he gets the sand powers after this daughter. So why this girl has sand powers is beyond me. Well, it's you, all beyond me. You could take out the powers, and it'd be, it wouldn't make any difference at all. And then she dies. Yes, needlessly. There's like I have, even though she's been there for the full four issues, I had no attachment to her. No, exactly. But then when she died, I was like, "Well, that was a bit that was a bit climatic." Needless. And the reason is it motivates Sandman to do some stuff later. Basically, yeah. it's like, "Oh, well, now he doesn't care, and he's gonna self-sacrifice." Spoiler, whatever. Um, I did like, I did enjoy spider-man killing some of the sinister six yes. i did get a little bit of like that's fun watching old man spidey go rogue yeah and just end quipping as well quipping yeah. or killing very deadpool but you know deadpool is a offshoot of spider-man essentially but bit of a rip off of spider-man i will admit that as a deadpool fan yeah absolutely of incidentally it little tangent deadpool trailer just came out looks amazing i'll show Does you after. i think you'll like it i think okay. you'll you'll like the look what, of it dead man, deadpool 3 deadpool 3 yeah it's got another title, but I won't tell you the title until you've seen the trailer because okay. it kind of gives away. Um, but yeah, it's, he's killing the Sinister Six, but he Electro and Hydra Man are like, let's yes. team up. And Spider Man's like, you fucking idiots. Like, <laughs> you are each other's weakness. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> it just kills and just knocks one into the other. They die. But even, I like I like that. Even Spider Man's like, what are you doing for? Yes. Like, uh, just kills Scorpion by 
Scorpion's like, I've got upgrades, and they do all sorts of stuff. And Spider's like, can they fly? And he's like, huh? And just bangs and knocks him out of a yeah. building and dies. And I liked the little cool part where Spider's like, hmm, he looks really sad. He, looks, he says something like, he looks like a three-year-old as he's falling helplessly. Yeah, he's an or, old man, but yeah. he looks like he's three as he falls. Almost makes me feel sorry for him. And then just closes in, almost. And I'm like, that's that's cool. I, I like this. I mean, again, it's not... Hard to write Spider-Man. No, you just, no, it's you, simple. You make up some quips. Yeah, it's it's simple, but effective, because mm. it's just fun. Yeah. I, I tell you what, if this was in a normal comic, I'd just be like, this is just the normal stuff. This is like finding water in a desert. Like, this scene is yes. like, oh my god, I'm actually having fun. Like, <laughs> it's been four issues, and I'm having a little bit of fun with this part. <laughs> like, oh my god. I'm like choking on the water, because I'm like so desperate. Oh my god. Then it ruins it, because it gets to the Craven part. And Craven, for some reason, I you know this really doesn't even matter at all in the grand scheme of things. Mm. But Craven is like, I'm going to take this poisonous hallucinogenic because that's it's cool to do that before a fight. Yeah, and and he's like, I know Spider-Man that you never inhaled it because your mask uh, keeps it out of you. And then Spider-Man's like, not this time. Pulls his mask up, takes a whiff. Like, oh, what would you know? It's all the dead people that hate me or that I blame myself for their deaths. But I'm going to run through them. Yeah, to show that I've got rid of this guilt for no reason no prompt whatsoever he's just got over it and now he runs to him and then craven's like oh shit he's a my hallucinogenics makes him a rhino it's like because you took hallucinogenics (laughs) because you're why would you do that (laughs) i can't i can't imagine anybody being like i'm about to have a fight quick give me some acid yeah i well that's what he does spangled he also the scene where i go i missed this part going back Spider-Man's costume is in the coffin the Mary Jane's in. Mm. He gets in the coffin to change into the costume. Yes. That's why. Surely the worst place to do a dress change is in a, in a coffin. coffin, right? But then he busts out and he's he's the, the rule is he's put on the mask so he's quippy Spider-Man again, right? Fair enough, that's been established. I've already I've already got across that I like that. But as he's busting out, he goes, "Where there's a bang up, here comes the Spider-Man. Yeah. Like that. That was meant to be like a really poignant, like, he's back. And he just does like the the most Spider-Man, cringy quip. Spider-Man. Yeah. I do. And it's in a font and everything yeah. for some reason. Um, it's, again, like, I, I, I feel like I've been so succinct in my evaluation of this comic that I'm finding it hard to... Say anymore. Yeah, because... My my response to everything is yes, it's really yeah, yeah. heavy handed. Yeah, at this it's point, a big swing and a miss, isn't it? At this point, I'm just ranting without expectation. Like I, <laughs> that's why it's lightning. It's lightning round ranting because it's the end of the comic and there's not much else to say about it except yeah. it ends. Um, and it ends poorly. He punches Mysterio, yes, who pretends to be his dead wife. Yeah. Um, and Spider Man said, "This is a horrific line." So yeah. if it was if it was Think from Deadpool, if it say. was from Deadpool, it would have been funny because that's Deadpool's style. Yeah. But from Spider-Man, it's just weird. He says, ne- and he he's knocked out Mysterio, and he says, and by the way, never pretend to be someone's dead wife unless they pay you to. What? Right? What? Spidey, come on! Because like, that that is Deadpool shit. Isn't yeah, it? that's Deadpool shit. Like that's it's dark and funny and it, it's a bit cringe, but you know that's Deadpool. Like that's the style. I, uh, it just made me. It made me stop and go. Well, and then I remembered what comic for I was reading. I went, oh yeah, actually, this is nothing compared to everything else. So, would you recommend it? I'm not done. Uh- <laughs> oh, can we be done? Uh, no, because then one point he gets to Venom, and Venom says, "So Venom used to be on Spider-Man. That's their relationship. That's why he looks like Venom." Yeah. He says, 
We all want to taste you, spider. I told them all how you made me feel. <laughs> what? I glossed over that. What? <laughs> and I then told, I told them all how you make me. Yeah, exactly. And then, and he would make that noise because Venom has the tongue. And then he leads all the Venom monsters onto the tower. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, see them. I'm, everyone's watching me risk my life for this. He gets to the top, and then Sandman, who turns up, is like, yeah, my daughter just died, so I've got nothing to live for now, so uh, here's the detonator to all our bombs. It's like, oh yeah, the bodies of all the Sinister Six, Sinister Six, whatever, are in this tower, all the monsters are top. we can explode them and save the day. What was your plan before that, Spider-Man? <laughs> what were you going to do? I hadn't considered that. What was Were you plan? literally just leading them up there to die? Because, like... Fine. That saves nobody. Th- that achieved nothing. It's literally suicide by Venom. Like that literally, <laughs> suicide you're, by you're Venom. Not, but he, he wasn't even sacrificing himself for anyone because they would have killed him and then they just would have fucked off and done, other done, stuff. done evil in the sea. That was his plan. And then Sandman's like, by the way, do you want this detonator? It's <laughs> like, oh, brilliant. Like, a way out. Like, fantastic. A deus ex machina. It's worse than a deus ex machina because it's... The character had no plan, but he made it seem like he had a plan. And oh god! And then the very end, he's there's a grave, I think, with Peter Parker or something. It's but Mary it, Jane's grave. Oh, okay, it's Mary Jane's. But then, but it turns out Spider-Man's back, and he's badder than ever. But it's just a silhouette, so you can't tell properly. That was when I was like, this wants to be the Dark Knight Rises so hard. Oh, uh, Dark Knight Returns so hard. All right. I'm done. That's all. I've got it. I've got it on my system. So. <laughs> would I recommend? Would you recommend it? In the same way that I would recommend people to watch The Room. No, genuinely. because The Room is better than this. I, this is, I, for me, I was having a good time by the end. Were like, you actually? Yeah, I was like, this is bad. This is bad. Why would you do this? enjoying its flaws. Yes, exactly. It, I was enjoying how, again, it's, it's, it's far better than boring. At this... no point was I ever able to enjoy this as high comedy. No, not high comedy. The room's not high comedy. It's a weird, like, it's a weird, unique type of comedy where it's unintentional, but that makes it better. Yeah. And it's, I and thought it's, that's what high comedy it's, was. It's subtly, oh, I, high comedy, I'd say, is more, it's intentionally complex. Like, surely. Yeah, exactly. Um, but he, he, this story is is the room because it's, it's so subtly yeah. clear how bad the execution was, but how, again, lofty and high the goals were for yeah. it. And that's what, by the end, by, at the beginning, I was as angry at it as you were. Or, mm. but, well, I don't know if I was angry at it. Just by the end, I was like, I just needed it to be over. To be clear, if I hadn't been reading this for this... You wouldn't have finished it. I wouldn't have finished it. No. I never would have been able to finish this had I been reading it, had I not been reading it for this exact purpose. Yeah. Um, but I was, I was marveling at how bad, how the wrong... Like, this is the thing with the room. They get everything wrong in it. Totally. And that's what I was getting from this. I was marveled by the end. I was marveling Mm. by how many bad decisions could be made in this four issue comic. Yeah, it's not a long run. And it got published and was apparently well received, wasn't it? Who are these critics? I I need to meet these people. Who are these readers? The thing is, the readers could have, like, they could have just bought it and they could have had, like, my reaction. They could have been like, this is horrible. I'm going to buy the next issue because it's the... And this is the I thing. need to know, yeah. This is the thing. My enjoyment of it is compared to, and you must empathize with this, the worst thing, it can, and anything could be as boring. Yeah, and when, it's when not, you're, is it? When you're reading or watching or experiencing whatever, playing whatever, something for an experience, the worst is 
boring. Yeah, like the ones was boring. Yes, but the and the ones had bet way better art than this. Like absolutely, he did. did. Yeah, God, gee, we found something that is worse than the ones in any way. At this I don't point. think we had an issue with the ones art. It was we the did. Dialogue we couldn't tell the, the difference between the characters. No, they were quite distinct. I think. Oh, do you not remember? I think there if you was... look at the front cover, they were because they were all different archetypes of the one. So they yeah. all looked quite different. Maybe there was one or two that were like yeah, looked really too similar. similar. But but yeah, this I I marveled, ironically, at the end of just again, all the bad mistakes that were being made, how it kept getting worse and worse. And that yeah, that was my experience of it. So okay. I would recommend it on that basis. I'm guessing Excellent. you would not. No, I would not. <laughs> okay. Um I, are I you would eager reckon... to finish. No, what I'm doing is I'm just double checking to see if there are, and you can cut this out, yeah. just looking to see if there are any fun reviews. I will say this, the reason we're, part of the reason we're doing this now is to tie in with a film that's coming out called Madam Web. And the reason that that's interesting is because Sony are really, really bad at making Spider-Man films that don't involve Spider-Man. So the deal they currently have now with Marvel is Marvel help, like helps them with Spider-Man films. Marvel made a deal with Sony um who own spider-man and all the movie rights to him and all his associated characters that any spider-man films would be you know part of the marvel mcu so they can essentially share the character problem is sony were like well we have the rights to all these other characters (laughs) so there's a thing where every marvel character as you you probably glean this by now every big character has about a hundred side characters that kind of exist within their story and they get you know passed across and stuff and you see them in other stories but like most characters have their side characters sony are trying to make their own cinematic universe out of spider-man side characters so they had a little bit of success with venom the only saving grace of venom is tom hardy's performance tom hardy does a good performance as him, and he plays venom as well it's fun they play off each other that's the only good part it's it's one of the few good parts about the film then they made morbius do you know anything about morbius no not a scoop so morbius was a bad film starring jared leto he's a vampire guy (laughs) they tried to shoehorn it into the spider-man universe Mm. by having spider-man like in the background of a trailer yeah and then he wasn't in it and then they said that michael keaton was playing the vulture reprising his role from homecoming and then he was in a post-credit scene which is the worst post-credit scene i've ever seen in my life right horrible they put it together really last minute literally michael keen so, like transfers into this universe because of shit that happens in far from home <laughs> completely <laughs> random but but part of it okay and he literally he gets out of prison because he, he he's in a prison in a different universe and they're like you're not a prisoner here we're gonna let you go and then he somehow gets his vulture gear which he didn't come over with and then he finds morbius and he goes yeah i came over to this universe probably has something to do with spider-man <laughs> i hundred percent that is word for word i've not ad-libbed that that right, is a hundred percent the script and morbius goes hmm interesting it, it's just bad yeah i'm not so for it. the funny thing about morbius was it came out and it bombed but right then, well, as it would but then all the memes start happening so right. basically the memes were like people talking about like i loved morbius i loved the part where he said it's morbin time like that was the funny meme <laughs> it's morbin time exactly <laughs> So that was a meme. So what happened was Sony thought a lot of people like these Morbius memes. Let's re-release it and capitalize on the popularity of the memes. And do you know what happened? It It bombed again. It bombed a second time. They lost more money. 
<laughs> on top of the money they'd already lost. Because you like, ah, oh, just because something's a meme, it doesn't mean the source material is going to be popular. The, whoever's making the decisions at Sony do not understand anything about the fandom or, no, or I, modern I mean, I imagine culture. They're old, they're old white men, aren't they? They're idiots. And then, well, the joke after that was everyone was going. All right, all right, we're serious now. If you release it a third time, we will. We promise we will go this time. <laughs> we will go and we see will, it we this promise, time. Yeah. So, because it only it only takes one person to watch it to make a meme of it. Exactly, like, that's the thing. Like you don't you don't need to know the source material for a meme to be funny. I watched it just because I heard the post credits was bad. Because right. I couldn't fathom how a post credits is bad. Yeah, and it is. It's horrible. The actual film itself, boring as sin. Right, like absolutely not worth it. Although. Matt Smith, great in it. That's Matt the Smith's one little great. diamond in the rough. He's Matt very Smith's funny. Always fantastic. Yeah. Wasted, wasted on this yeah. film by far. But he's brilliant in everything. And Jared Leto is a weird, creepy cult leader. So fuck him. Um. So and then the Dandy the- Warhols would be very upset. Is that uh, his band? Dandy I Warhols. Don't, I don't know. It, it was Thirty Seconds to Mars. Thirty Seconds. Yeah. The, the Dandy Warhols. Hello, where you got that from? Band. Um. Then they released the trailer for Craven, starring Aaron Taylor Johnson. I think yep. so. And that just looks random. They're like, he's a villain. And they're like, actually, no, he's a good guy now. He's like a mercenary kind of thing. It's like, all right, Craven doesn't really have any powers. He kind of enhances himself with like weird mystical stuff. And mm. like that, he's like a kind of mystical, but kind of weird hunter character. It's like, okay, so in this, he's got radioactive lion's blood. It's like, what are you doing? Why? Why? And would then you his make wife that? dies. <laughs> <laughs> and Russell Crowe's his dad for some reason. <laughs> What, old man fat Russell yeah, Crowe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the trailer comes out for that. It's like, and everyone was like, this looks really bad. Like, what are you doing this for? Then they released the oh. Madam Web trailer. And the Madam Web film is coming out this week, or it will have come out by the time. The reviews are horrible, obviously. Um, are they? It's coming out this week. It will have come out after this episode releases. Uh, the trailer is one of the worst trailers I've ever seen. To the right. point where the comment... Yes, I watched it. it was yeah, bad. I showed you. Yeah. The consensus was they'd taken a CW show, which is like a teeny drama kind of yeah. channel. It's like, and they've made it into a full film. Like, it looked fan-made. Mm. It just... And it had dialogue like, this was like the time when my mum worked in the jungle studying spiders before she got murdered. Like, yeah. that was a line in the trailer, which they since have changed because <laughs> they knew how bad it was because they saw all the comments <laughs> and they just went in and, su- like, sinisterly, like, just snuck in and, like, changed in the, the trailer. Hope no one would know. Edit. But we saw it. We all saw it. <laughs> So that comes out. Apparently it's horrible. I can't wait to see it. I'm not going to pay, obviously, but I can't wait to see well, it. Should we go and watch it? Together? We could. We could. Uh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> we might do that. So, yeah, I thought I'd tie in with this. And, uh, yeah, maybe we'll come back with a review of uh, of Madam Web. Yeah, that so, could be an extra episode. That could yeah. be a sneaky extra one. All right, I'm done. I've got it all out. I, this, I had fun. Well I had done. Fun with it. I had a good time. I yeah. enjoyed listening to you rant. So thank, thank you. you for that. It's not often. Like, it's only bad Spider-Man that really gets me going. It's usually me that's the ranty one. Yeah. Well, you, you just, I think you kind of softly like i didn't like this uh, you you have ranted uh, yes. uh, with spider-man art before yeah so it's like you lost the fire for this yeah you know what the difference was i think with um, i'm jaded the I'm amazing, more jaded than you amazing spider-man i think it was close to being like okay but you yeah. had but there were such glaring issues you were like if you just i think you're you were coming from like a, if you didn't do this it would be uh, you okay had me, acceptable yeah. yeah this was just like why did you make these decisions all right i'm done now I'm it done. was a I'm, one it was a one across the board yeah, yeah i'm done now take take us home so thank you so much for listening um i've had a lovely time i do just want to highlight a conversation that happened in the comment section of one of our shorts oh wow a couple of months ago now 
Okay. Um, and one of us has gone through and liked all the comments. Yeah, that But we've me. never spoken about it. Yeah, I just did that. I was like, so it was the one where we were talking about, you know, in um, oh, the comic book that had the fake Justice League in it. Uh, Invincible. Invincible. Yeah. So it's the short where we talk about the fake Justice League and I talk about the guy who looks like Batman, but without the Batman is. Oh, God. I know. Yeah, these comments. Somebody said, that's not Batman. That's man. And then somebody else said, Batman more like black man i don't really understand that one i only liked the top comment i don't think i yeah you the, didn't like I, that one i only like the man comment not not the yeah yeah, yeah. no the, the, and that second one it really confused me because i don't fully understand what they're on about i generally i don't think they knew the last one really amused me it just says british people be like yeah, yeah, yeah. but they've spelt british with an apostrophe instead of a t yeah. so it's british you know british people be like do you know why there's no t why? So we drank it. Hey! I'm not going to put the pun in because I don't think that's, that doesn't count. <laughs> All right. Take us home. Thank you so much for listening. Again. Come back next week. We're going to be talking about Avatar The Last Bearbender. The what? The Last Airbender. I genuinely, I don't know. I'm going to listen back to this because I, all I heard, I could have sworn you were like, The Last Bearbender. I was like, what <laughs> is there bear bending? Don't think so. We're going to talk about Avatar: The Last Airbender. You were about to say bear, didn't you? I was yeah, I was so <laughs> about to say it. Do you want me to leave this all in? Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Um. So I've never seen it, but I'm currently watching it. Um. There's a comic book. Ryan says it's really highly regarded. Mm. Super excited to like delve into the TV show, have a read of the comic, and just talk about this franchise that is beloved by so many. And there was never a live action film. And there was never a live action film. That's actually a reference you will get to later. But right, yes. okay. Um, so thank you so much for listening. If you want to leave us a review, do so. Wherever you get your podcast, just make it five stars. Say something rude. Say something mean. Make it about us. Make it personal, but mm. make it five stars. Yep. Um, if you want to send us an email, comicliterate at gmail.com. We are always there. We are always diligent. We are always waiting. Thank you so much for listening and good night. I was trying to think of a Spider-Man Rain reference to make at the end and I couldn't think of any quotes. So I'm just going to say my fluids. Thank you. Goodbye. Oh, hail web. <laughs> <laughs>